dinosaur. I'm slipping into the tar of irrelevant redundancy. And uh, so I'm forever horrified by what new thing I may say that will alienate people I care about. Uh, so I, a, a year and a half ago, I did write an essay. And uh, I was hired to write an essay on a topic that I have no personal experience in, satirical, what? And uh, wrote it, put it out there. Uh, some very uh, nice people said to me, hey, Maria, we're real disappointed because it's transphobic, uh, many of the things you said. And uh, oh my God, wow. Apologies uh, all around. Uh, I will read some books on gender identity and sexuality. Yay, team. Uh, and then uh, the publishing company, because they still thought it was funny, they didn't want to take it down. And then I got the electric experience of getting to teach someone a lesson I just learned. <laughs> Hello passengers, travelers, and voyagers. Welcome aboard the Katana Cast, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to celebrating and exploring the saga from our certain points of view. I'm your pilot, Ian, and with me, as always, are my co-pilots, Maria. Hey! And Ben. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Today, we are lucky to have a special guest with us who I met um, actually before the Pink Milk Roundtables. Um, just kind of met by way of conversing through the Star Wars Twitterverse and then became closer with them through our roundtable Pink Milk experience. His name is Mark, and I will let him introduce himself. <laughs> Hello, beautiful people. Um, yeah, I, I'm Mark. I live in the SFA area, big Star Wars fan, and I'm super happy to be here with you folks. We're super happy to have you with us. <laughs> yeah, we're just one step closer to finally taking all of the pink milk family under her. <laughs> <But> <laughs> nice. We're trying to adopt all the pink milk family and then slowly taking the sisters with savers too. But they're a little more resistant because Maria nice. keeps them away from me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, there is a little bit of Star Wars news before we get into the latest Mandalorian episode. Um, last week, we talked a l like very briefly on the High Republic and some chapter excerpts. This week, with all of the excerpts out, has anyone here read them all or binge read them or uh, read any amount of anything? So welcome back to the Katanacast Book Club, the book club where we don't read the material, but we're very excited that it exists. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's on the docket. I swear to God, I'm going to do it. This week has been hell. I've not had a chance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> uh, I, I have not read any of the excerpts. I'm actually kind of avoiding it all because I'm not, I don't want to get excited or get deep into any of it. 
until like I get through the material I have right now. I have the certain point of view books to get through, and then I have a date mm-hmm. with the Alphabet Squadron. And then after that, we can talk <laughs> yeah. about the High Republic. But before that, I was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Let me focus, because otherwise I get distracted. So, fair. Very yeah. fair. Okay. So, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well i i maria yes i'm assuming you have not gotten a chance as well to read them no i'm still stuck on the clone wars book so i'm still trying to finish that one Uh, i love your shirt though i got some sabine action yeah i see that (gasps) oh i love it so cute got it on t public i can share the link if you want super awesome i love it that's so awesome um and it's purple <laughs> yes right? i did i got made sure i could choose purple of course um, yeah you have mm-hmm. to you have to uh maria how is that clone wars book honestly i feel like it doesn't really need to exist <laughs> fair enough so far <laughs> it's mostly been like remember that time that the mm. worms went into somebody's brain like yeah uh. That's why I bought this book. It's because I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still trying to get to that new story. And, um, you know, I'm also trying to raise a person. So, you know, there's that. Maybe kill two birds with one stone and read some parts of the story to your person. She has no attention span. I'd love to, except <laughs> she has zero attention span. Like she's constantly on to something else. But yeah, I will finish it at some point. All right, cool, cool. Um, speaking of books, um, they called it a first look. And really, me in my mind, it was just like a glorified announcement. Um, they unveiled the cover for the Mandalorian Ultimate Guidebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it on that front. No information. We got a quote. It was cool to read the quote. Um, yeah. But my question regarding this book for each of you is what would you like to see most out of this book? Uh, let's start with Mark. So, I okay, first I'll start with the question. Is this book different from the art of book that's coming out at the beginning of December? Yes, this is coming out in July, I believe. June oh, I completely missed this. So I, did, I had no idea. No. So there's a separate making of book that's coming out then. Well, this is like the ultimate visual guide. So. Ultimate, yes. Oh, so like the... the um, the Pablo Hidalgo. DW publishing. Yeah, the yeah. Pablo Hidalgo mm-hmm. stuff DK. with like all the little... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well... Yeah, I mean, give me everything. Give me all the gadgets. Give me all the little characters. You know, it's like, that's what you like those books for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that like you take that dive into all those little details that just we can geek out on. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Anything in particular? I'm just trying to think. I think if, if as, as far as like, because I'm a geek about so the the weaponry, like a good close look at that, you know? Um, yeah, that would be because cool. a lot of it, you know, a lot of a lot of these things when we watch these movies, things happen so quickly, and it isn't until you see it in these books that you really get to pay attention to all the little details. Which for cosplayers, it's like that's heaven, you know. It's like you get to see this. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, that's how that looks, you know, that sort of thing. And I that I I appreciate. I'm not even a cosplayer, but it's like those kinds of details are the things that I look forward to. Um, 
so yeah, I'm being very general about it, but to me, I just, I just thought the whole experience of it just makes me feel like a kid again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, Ben, how about you? Honestly, I wish that it specifically would just say that it was the ultimate visual guide for seasons one and two. Uh, mm. That's my only complaint with Star Wars ultimate visual guides is they are fantastic for two weeks and then suddenly they're out of date because we have Wikipedia for everything else, unfortunately. Yeah. Money, money, money. So if they would specifically <laughs> just it. let us money. know, hey, this is the first two seasons. Great. Awesome. Then I won't feel so bad every time I have to replace it every two years. Yeah. Yep. Maria. I agree with the money statement for sure. Um, I want to <laughs> I want to find out more about Amy Sedaris's character. Like, mm-hmm. Why is she there? Like, did she always live on Tatooine? Like, what what's going on there? Yes. And I'd like to find out more about the Tuscans. Like, they have a rich oh, culture, yeah. and we really don't yeah. know enough yeah. about them, you know, yeah. um, in the story. So I think those are two really good opportunities, and maybe a like a more of a dive into grief Karga's background because he was a magistrate at one point in time. Mm. Like what, what exactly did that look like for him and why did it all buckle and fall? Was it because of the empire leaving or what exactly caused that? So those would be my questions. I hope that we get just very casually a name reveal for the frog couple. And then yeah. that's it. <laughs> yes. I want, I want a little frog lady bit of a, backstory for them um the number one uh gadget related thing i'd like to see most out of this book please how do those fobs work? how do those oh, God. tracking fobs. fobs work yeah still no explanation yeah and i'm just yeah. like like i don't know i don't know i have a very very crackhead theory that i've had since the first episode of season <laughs> one about it that with this last week's episode, which we'll get to after a little bit, yes. but with the reveal of M counts, my original idea was that they were somehow tracking midichlorians. Ooh. But I'd Ooh. have no idea how that would be possible. That's just pure yeah. science fantasy like bullshit there. Yeah, but that was my guess I'd... originally, because I'm thinking, what else? Because we've never seen them before, right? As far as we know, we've never seen them tracking blood. Correct. So that's the only thing that I could think of that would be specific about him that they could find, unless he's got like a microchip on him. but. Wouldn't somebody scan the poor guy? Yeah. My thing is, it was maybe blood related, but like, you know, what about people who have like natural births and it's just like their family around them and no, <laughs> like they're not in some kind of empire sanctioned hospital or, um, yeah. So that's, uh, but yes, please fob information for me. Um, Natural birth is hard. Let me just say that right now. Oh, yeah, Since yeah. we talk about natural birth, <laughs> that shit is hard. If you've ever had a natural birth, bitch, you are the baddest bitch I've ever seen or heard of. Let me just say that. I was like, I'm not going to take no pain medication, but give me that epidural right now, bitch. That shit was real. That's all I have to say. I'm going to be quiet. Like, do we eat? Obviously, we don't know if uh, Yoda's species even do live births for all we know he hatched somewhere that's Mm -hmm. true we have no idea because with that head shape who's gonna push that out not i said the cat no 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 no. well the head isn't the head is like a typical head it's the ears that like are they that like are they like it 
out protruding out all the time or can they be like folded so like when the baby pops yeah. out and then uh like surprise big ass yeah. ears which is kind of like how what like gizmo mogwais are born their their <laughs> ears fold out like yeah. once you know they pop out it's like you know yeah oh my god i love he brought the mogwai that's what's up. <laughs> Bringing the hot fire. I appreciate that. Also makes me so happy that there's three of us who thought of the exact same thing. Because as soon as the end says folding over, I'm like, shit, it'd just be more grim. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're welcome. What if there's a fuzzier, kinder version of the Yoda species and the whole time they've just been eating after midnight? There you go. Exactly. You mean yeah. you mean you mean yeah. Evan Peel's people? Oh, oh. oh, that bleached out Yoda looking motherfucker. Yeah, he was. I'm sorry. The fact looking. that he was flesh colored, it really makes that unsettling. Yeah, yeah. totally. It like, literally looks well. like a a moving, livable. What are those um, things you get on your asshole? <laughs> a hemorrhoid? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. It literally looks like a hemorrhoid alien. <laughs> Jesus, God. <laughs> I just snorted. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very Shit. much. I just snorted oh, on your podcast. Keep it Thanks. in. Oh, Keep it in. God. There's when that. When was the last time you saw a hemorrhoid? <laughs> it had ears and was a Jedi master? No. Like You mean like a herpy? No. <laughs> no. Wow. Oh, thank you for that. Ian. Help us. <laughs> Yes, take a drink. Am I wrong now? Am uh, I wrong? It ain't I'm not yes, getting no better. You are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> that poor creature or whatever. <laughs> that poor hemorrhoid oh. alien. Yes, oh. exactly. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, mm. Moving along. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no segue for that. Uh. No, there. Uh. there no. There just isn't. Nope, there is no segue, but you know that you just turned into a teaser clip this week, so... Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, we did we did get a very awesome addition to the LEGO Star Wars uh, filmography. LEGO Star Wars Holiday Special finally mm. came out, mm-hmm. and I have a lot... Well, not a lot, but I mean, I've got some stuff to say, but um mark let's get your thoughts on it did you have like a favorite scene or you know a character who kind of stuck out the most to you i uh, uh, so i'll just say i mean i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun if i was a kid i just i you know and that was my first star wars i would just be sold right you know, unlike me, when I saw the original holiday special, was scarred for life. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait, did you see it live when you? Were I a kid? saw it live when I was a kid. Yeah, okay, it was. Okay. I was like, "What is going on?" I was like, "What happened?" Now, was that your first Star Wars experience? No, I had seen A New Hope already um, in theaters, and so you know, naturally for kids we were like we want to see more you know because right. empire wasn't out yet and it just was one of those things where like we want more we're hungry for more we got the the counteraction figures you know and we get a holiday special but it unfortunately was very much like all those other 70s eras holiday specials that were so mm-hmm. like that that are just like they're super cringe you know yes. and there's parts of it obviously that are classic you know and and people will remember 
but just I was just looking at it. I'm all like, oh, oh man, this is so horrible. Like I just I I didn't know what to think at the time, and I definitely didn't appreciate it. You know the the various artists, and then like that the weird sequence with like the dancing um with you know the oh Wookiees and yeah. dancing and everything. You know, um that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, um even though now as I'm older, you know as a, as an older gay man, I appreciate Miss Diane Carroll being in it. So I don't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> But you, know, you can but... never appreciate Diane Carroll as much as Itchy appreciates Diane Carroll. Apparently, yes. <laughs> apparently, you know. I, oh, I'd, I'd rather see her as Dominique Devereaux, so there's that. <laughs> but um, it, it's yeah. like, and, and it's we... funny because we, we, we would see that in The Muppet Show, which I thought they did it way better. You know, The uh-huh. Muppet Show, that is like, to me, that is what Star Wars was like everything for me in that day. I thought they did it perfectly. Um, it was a little bit odd, but a little more digestible when Donnie Marie had them on there, you know, like the their Star Wars segment, you know, yeah. um, that I don't remember if they had the actors, but they did have uh, 3PO and R2 on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. An extended dance number that if you have not seen, please look <laughs> yes. it up on YouTube. Yes. Uh, it's the most Mormon maze. thing on the planet. <laughs> I think like, Chris Christopherson was on solo on it, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. It was just like, you know, all these people that were on there. But but yeah, the Muppet Show, I think, was much better at like if they, if they had done the holiday special more like how the Muppet Show did it, I think it would have been beautiful. It would have been a total hit, you know, yeah. but this this other thing, they did it just like so many other 70s variety show and it just it just killed the vibe. Was it cool seeing Star Wars for the first time in animated style? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. Here's the weird thing. I That I liked it better, but I was not a fan of it. Sorry, I know the Ewoks cartoon I should have loved, even though I love Ewoks, but I was so bad about that. And the <laughs> droids cartoon, I think I had gotten to the point where I was separating myself from animated stuff yeah. by the time those rolled around that that and like the ewok movies which i should have loved i just totally kind of separated myself from it's so weird it's so i'm weird. dropping the meeting okay. the meeting is I, over we're not talking listeners. anymore <laughs> but i gotta keep it real <laughs> for our listeners who clearly can't see what's going on ben has literally died <laughs> Sorry, killed ben. over dead. but mark killed him yeah <laughs> but See, i yeah, will I mean, defend the ewok tv movies like some people defend attack of the clones there you go do i have facts to back up my opinions <laughs> absolutely not but i will write fan fiction god damn it so yeah i mean it's funny because it would be many many years later obviously until we got clone wars uh the uh jendy tatrovsky uh stuff um mm-hmm. that i fell in love with star wars animation all over again I just, it just, it all came together, you know, for me then. But um, yeah, it was weird. I think it just happened just at a time where I was so, I was so distracted. I was getting older that I just kind of just skipped right past that, you know, and didn't come to love all that again until it was time to see them put animation in the forefront again. So speaking of Lumpy's pornographic visions. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's itchy you leave lumpy out of that oh shit <laughs> that kid has got enough problems without being overly sexualized at an early age right i'm sorry i'm sorry itchy final rating i guess your rating on the lego star wars holiday special oh <laughs> for me for me okay so bring it bringing it back I, how, I, I, yeah full circle now full circle how, how is that a circle <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. That was a lowercase. We started <laughs> more of a triangle. More of a triangle. 
I enjoyed Fair. it. I'm gonna give it. I would give it an eight point five. I okay. want to yeah. see this come back as a yearly thing. I want to mm-hmm. learn how to make tip yip. And (laughs) (laughs) I have a recipe that I will send you over because it's in the galaxy's edge book. Yay. Okay. And, um, I I want more. I thought this was such a clever idea to marry all the different, the, the OT, the prequels and the sequels all into this one big, like animated film, you know, for kids. I, that's, 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 see, that's how you do it. That's how you marry everything that you love about Star Wars into one film. Even the little jokes and everything and, and the characters that you may have not liked all that much all get put into this and, and you get to love it all. It was great. (laughs) Maria, what are your thoughts and takeaways on the Lego Star Wars holiday special? It was dope. I think it was just the right amount of like length to where Ahsoka could be engaged with it. And like she tuned out about 20 minutes in, but she came back periodically with her toys. And so when Ray's on the screen, oh, she cool. she gets her forces of destiny doll and she goes like this. <laughs> and her doll just goes like this across the screen. So um whenever Ray's up, she goes, Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Oh. <laughs> and she she knows that that's that's Ray Ray. So yeah. She enjoys that. Um I thought it was super funny. I liked that it wasn't too long, it wasn't too short. It was a great length. Um my favorite joke was the the flowers for Padme. Like that that was it for <laughs> oh me. God, I'm yeah. like Hey Christian go go in there and lay some sweet game on her. Like, <laughs> I just I thought that was hilarious. Um and the Kylo stuff Kylo yes. stuff was funny. Oh that there is was a lot very, of very true. I, and yeah. and they weren't afraid to like mention that there was tension between him and Hux. Like mm-hmm. why what not? Up? Like it was I that would came up a lot. I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that though. And and because it's Lego, they have the license to kind of do that because it's canon adjacent and it's not really messing with the canon. So I thought it was fun. Right I enjoyed on. it a lot. What would you rate it? I would say it was it was an eight. I would say it was an eight. I was mm-hmm. hoping for a new like Christmas song that mm-hmm. we could all sing along to because we've been doing Christmas in the Stars for years, um, and we got something, but I don't know the words to that. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, so maybe they'll do like a a, a, a sing along version or something like that um, later. That would be cool. And Ben. So I'm going to mostly echo everyone else. I thought it was really fun. It was lighthearted and silly. It was everything that we needed after 2020. Honestly, that's the best kind of way to end Star Wars out for me. Mm -hmm. Even though we've got the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian's fantastic, but that's the perfect aperitif for the year that we've had. Uh, I'm going to knock it down a couple points for two things. One of them is just the fact that they had Kelly Marie Tran, and she's pretty, her and Billy Dee Williams, as far as I know, are the only returning cast members. Uh, possibly Anthony Daniels. I probably should have looked that up. Anthony but, Daniels, of course, came back. You know, well, what else is he doing? Nothing. Right. Drop a hat. He shows. He's up. just staring at his painting all day, waiting to get a call for voiceover. <laughs> yes. Staring but the fact the that they didn't go through and give Rose more to do, knowing that you know they've, they've yeah. actually got yeah. her available, mm-hmm. and it's not like Disney's not working with her. She's doing a lot of voice acting, so. She was in the studio. Wish they had done more with her. That's a 
my nitpick. The thing that it's a Lego, it's a Lego. It's okay. It's not serious. But if you could have heard the room of three grown men who all booed at the screen with that goddamn mistletoe scene at the very end. Yes. Like, it loses yes. a whole point for that shit for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. No, I get it. I was like, yeah. send her home. I was, yeah. I was irritated too. I get it. I get it. It would have been cool if she would have taken off her helmet. It would have been Vin. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, you think it's saying about Anthony Daniels and he has, what else he's needed to do? It reminded me of uh, Death Becomes Her and it goes, Madeline Ash, and he goes, she goes, did an opening of an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Yeah, we have to make sure we don't let the podcast get carried away because I can do Death Becomes Her quotes all night long. Right, happily. exactly. Uh-huh. I don't know how many meetings and therapy or anything else that I've said and said. I'd like to talk about something. Yes. I would like to talk about Madeline Ashton. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. All right. So I I thought it could have been a little longer. Hmm. Um, Size queen. sometimes bigger is better (laughs) okay (laughs) um i gonna totally back what maria said with the flowers i thought the prequel sequence what we got from from that and the uh the The Obi Wan's and the Hello There's, um, <laughs> the clones jinxing and D. Bradley Baker, of course, hearing his voice again. Um, I people are going to come after fe- after me for this probably, but I thought there was better acting in that uh, Anakin and Obi Wan elevator scene than there was in the entirety of Attack of the Clones. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um but I, I Poe gosh, oh my god, his little cute little holiday sweater. Oh, just wanting yeah. to get the family together for some tip yip. Um Max Rebo. Yay. Uh Lando. <laughs> yeah. It it was just it was almost like the writers of this l- reviewed the previous trilogies. And in a meaningful <laughs> and thoughtful way, Unlike. connected all of the <laughs> movies together for wow. a very powerful conclusion. Imagine and, that. And, <laughs> right? Wow. Everything made sense. There was no... I'm going to leave it at that. Um, oh, that being said, my final rating would probably be an eight, a solid eight. It was very, very solid, and I hope, yeah, I hope we get. If it's not a yearly thing, maybe a like biannual thing. You know, every couple of years or we like yeah, bi. We do, yeah. Okay, um, The Mandalorian, Chapter Twelve, The Siege had no siege not a one not a one um all right so we have our opening sequence which shows our awesome mechanic daddy and our learning student baby mechanic 
<laughs> you get some wires and yep. the blue wire and the red wire and this one goes there and that one goes there and so cute. Um, <laughs> I'm I mean it's a children's show and baby Yoda's aside from Din the main character part of me was shocked that he he didn't get hurt more or like die <laughs> Like I don't know. I don't. I have no. I, clearly, I get it. I, yeah. Clearly, I have no concept of how Razorcrest machinery works. Yeah. But it seemed like pretty deathly, almost. So let me add to that because I was worried too, and I was like, "Oh, are we really going to do this?" Or like he's going to have to resuscitate the little guy or what? Yeah. But then when we think about it, and we are thinking about it as a children's show, if we look at it through the lens of George Lucas's eyes, that was very much a Jar Jar getting his tongue sticking out scene in <laughs> when he was working on the pod okay. racer, and yeah. he gets hit by that, you know, the, what's it called? The, um, oh, why am I forgetting what that's called? Um, the, uh, binding, the, the, binding the Ray, oil, Ray something. Yeah, yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. I don't, I yeah. can't, I, I don't know why I'm forgetting that. Shame on me. But that's how I, I likened it to that. You know, there are instances where we are going to have the baby in peril because it works for dramatic value. But you're also going to get those Star Wars moments where we can have comedy and these little guys can get hurt, but they don't really get hurt. You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, FYI, and I'm just going to come out and say it right off the bat, not mm -hmm. just for the obvious reason or quote unquote reasons. But um, for other reasons, I went to you know I'm a I'm a Star Wars stan. I I'd like to think you know um, yeah. I take things mostly for what they are. I think most most things are you know pretty awesome. I did not like this episode. I thought it was pretty <gasps> trashy. <laughs> and I only thought there were two, like there's only two main. For me, there was only two things we got from this episode, and none of them had to do really with the first thirty-five minutes. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think that on further reflection, I think you may find more in that episode because I'll, I'll completely admit I went in. This is the only episode this entire season that I was not looking forward to, and that's obviously because of what's her face. Uh, and we didn't necessarily <laughs> want to have to look at her, but that's fine. Once it got past that, being like, okay. She's here. We're just going to stomach through on a second watch of that. I really like that episode a lot more. Honestly, I think we get our best child scene so far. It used to be back from episode six was my favorite child moment. But that that opening scene, even though I can smell the corporate fingers on it already, <laughs> like I see the part where someone came in and very politely said, hey, remember that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where baby Groot had to push a button like that's an extended gag? That's really great. Can we do that with the child? Mm. And someone said, OK, yeah, we got it. I get that. I see it, but it was done really well and I loved it. And I will watch mm. it over and over again for as long as they'll let me stream it. <laughs> But the child got to go to school. There was a geography lesson that was really good. I love that protocol droid. Mm -hmm. I love getting to see all those kids because you don't see a lot of kids in Star Wars, really. Yeah. Uh, especially ones who aren't slaves or, uh, you know, or George Lucas's kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or younglings that get killed, killed. or younglings uh -huh. that open a shade. 
and answer a question that an adult librarian exactly. clearly <laughs> can't answer. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yes, Daddy and Son Mechanic Company, um, surprisingly doesn't go so well. They return to Navarro, which here's the thing, um. Grandpa Grief Karga was mm-hmm. very cute, very adorable, and it. very like uh, Carl Weather. <laughs> so cute. He is a handsome man. He is just. <laughs> he's on his way to become a silver fox. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, he's just. Uh, trust me. Ever since I found out he was going to be on this show, I was like, yes. I was like, this is so awesome. I love that guy. You know, and he's been such a <laughs> yeah. great addition to it. I love his energy. Yes. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He brings us some very much needed Lando energy. He's a cross yes. between Lando and Hondo, and I love that. That's true. Yes. That's true. He's got he, like one of the most charismatic characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. And probably the most charismatic in the, in this show. Yeah. Um or at least in this episode. Yeah. And I love or, that or, we, yeah, we, yeah, when he does show up. He started as like an acquaintance, then became you know, not necessarily an enemy, but just like uh, an element that we didn't know if we could trust or not. And then he became, you know, an ally. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I mean, you've seen so much growth in that character already in just two seasons and we're not even done yet. You know, so I I, I love that. That's great. Good for him. <laughs> and the fun part is just like a Lando or a Hondo character. We've seen growth, but they're still just as slippery as they ever have been. They like, have been, but you can yes. use it for your advantage now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm very, very glad, Ben, you brought that up because here is Magistrate Karga now. And okay, the first thing I noticed about him was that his clothes look eerily similar to the clients like that was like i literally uh and i don't know why maybe it was just because like you know it was a trailer and it was like a brief glimpse and i you know my mind didn't really have a complete time to uh register the imagery Mm -hmm. but like for some reason when i see him standing there and uh waiting for mando to land i was just like oh my god like i've seen this outfit before and whether or not you know, it's because I'm queer or whatever. It's just like I've, goddamn, I've seen this before. Um, <laughs> so con- I guess we'll go like for me, strike number one. Uh, strike number two. Oh, you can dock here. We'll get your ship working. I got my best. I got my best mechanics on the job. As if he like didn't do any background check on the mechanics he's hiring and. Like, one of them's clearly, like, you know, they make a point to zoom in. Um, Mark, are, do you remember what this alien's called? The species? No, or? no, I don't. But it's the one that we saw in Squadrons. From Squadrons. Like that, that particular species, yeah. I, it totally stuck out to me. I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and, like, for, like, five seconds, you know, zooms in on him, and then him looking at Mando walking away. And, yeah. um, like, you hire... I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading too much into this or not, but it's like the dude looks like the client and hires someone who's working for Moff Gideon. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he's still in Navarro. So how many places are there to buy clothes? And then also what's the the job search like? 
like you put out an application and you just kind of hope that you get some good people. Like they showed yeah. up and they were mechanics. He wasn't like, so by the way, do you happen to have an undying allegiance to the empire? Because like <laughs> Karga doesn't care like that. Grief has got other things to do. He's got to shine those shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for someone who's trying to clean up the city, you'd think like he'd maybe do go somewhat out of his way to like check on his people. Well, See, but grief is not a paperwork kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. And and not to mention that I think that you're going to get some folks that he would assume were being reformed from that life that they were all just a part of. Um, your bounty hunters, your pirates, whatever, you know, um, they are all looking towards a new opportunity. But, you know, some people just don't change. They want to go. Oh, let's just put it this way. He may have been all about that new uh, way of life on Navarro, but then the money and the opportunity that came along that Gideon may have offered him was much more alluring. It was like, oh well, screw this, I'm doing this, you know. And and that and that that and that's classic where you don't know exactly everybody that you have under your payroll, so to speak. And there's going to be that one chaotic element that's going to turn on you and changes the whole story and makes it possible for the bad guy to still have his hand in the whole thing. So. I mean, who hasn't lied through a job interview, honestly? Well, there's that. <laughs> fair. Very fair. Yeah. Um, also, since Maria had to step away for a minute, do you have any thoughts about Grief Cargo? Yes, or please. the opening with little baby doing mechanic work? I wasn't a fan of the opening scene um, uh, with the red and blue wires. It just seemed a little too predictable mm-hmm. uh, for me. And And to Ben's point, it did seem like a corporate move. Um, but it is what it is. Overall, um, I like the opening and the trip back to Navarro. Um, a lot of people called that, that we wouldn't go straight to Ahsoka. So, you know, yeah. it is yeah. what it is. Hiring practices. Look, I, I have to hire people all the time that I really don't want to say yes to. So <laughs> I get it. You know, it's like you're here. You got a pulse. Do you want a job? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how it go. We know yeah. the turnover rate is already high, so it's like, can you sit there for six weeks long enough to keep the chair warm? Right. <laughs> and get through new hire training. Um, so, yes. So, we're given a tour of the new city, and um, did anyone happen to catch the monument to IG-11 in the background mm-hmm. before they walk into the school? I completely missed it. It is... It is framed in a way that you are not meant to see it the first time you watch that. Yeah, honestly, yes, I didn't that see is it true. until Twitter shortly after. But yeah. it's that's such a great little move there to just throw that in. Yeah, but the the quill erasure, come on, man! Like you yeah, can put. Yeah, that's. Uh-huh. I know they didn't know him, so they wouldn't. It it wouldn't have been. Right. They wouldn't have known to also give him a tribute. But it's like, I, I don't know. If 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 Din had stayed on the planet, he probably would have said, "Hey, can we get this this little guy? He helped me, you know, make he helped make this happen. Let's give him his own statue too." You know, I hope that there is a tribute like that later. I hope they named the school after Quill. Oh, <laughs> like it's Quill in Elementary. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and yes, finally we get to see what intergalactic education looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't. The problem I have with this scene, and it's very cute. I'm all about kids just being kids because that's really what was happening was like, hey, you got some snack. Give me some. No, get your own. Like, literally, this is right out of Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Give me your tots. <laughs> no. 
And then just like, instead of kicking the kid, uh, he, you know, obviously force pulls the macaroons. Yeah. But that's the thing. Not only are the macaroons literally like right in front of the kid, which I did happen to notice eventually he turns to his side, but like you can still hear a little like clinkling moving from the wrapper, but no other kid. There's there's got to be at least 20 kids in that classroom, I would think. Um not a not a one behind him saw that like the child used the force. Not a one kid saw like floating food. I mean, to be fair, when was the last time you were in a room with like 36-year-olds? Because there could almost be a bomb in some of those rooms and nobody would be able to tell. There's so much chaos and no attention spans. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, let's ask our uh, person raising extraordinaire Maria. How likely do you... <laughs> okay. I'm sorry to put you on the spot like this, but like... Um, Ian said, I need a mom. Where is a mom? <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> yes. How can I help? <laughs> yeah, so um, if you ha- like, ima- imagine Ahsoka's like a couple years older. Do you mm-hmm. think she would notice a kid sitting next to her taking either her snack or someone sitting in front of her taking someone else's snack? Absolutely. Ahsoka loves food more than anything. <laughs> and there you I love the way it was done. It was done kind of like Empire, where you just saw R2 kind of mm-hmm. just the eye line, and you didn't actually see like floating macaroons. I love the way it was done. It was done just like that, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. 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 Also, dope. shout out to Carl Weathers. He's a really talented director. Right? There is no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing right. what you can do with such a trashy person for most of the time. <laughs> mm. Getting them to act the way. Well, they did. to be fair, uh oh What's Her Face has some really great action moments in this one because that is that's her forte. You know, she's still as wooden as she was the first time around. And of course this time it bothers me because we're not friends and she's not invited to dinner anymore. Mm-hmm. But no, know, but that, maybe it's our, that fair it is our last time. Oh, that ferret can come anytime ferret. he wants. I love that ferret. <laughs> he looked like he had rabies. I couldn't trust him. <laughs> right? That was a little scary. I just couldn't trust him. I was him. like, uh-uh. Uh-uh, See, yeah. I'm imagining that that ferret's name is Dank. That is the Dank, dank ferret. Dank ferret. Right ferret. That is the Dank ferret right there. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Just throw him an apple and keep him moving. Like, all right, now. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> I love you, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, but... I- I'm just going to have to say, we got to stop trying to make Dank Ferret happen. Like, it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I said, it's like, I think I think I smoked Dank Ferret once, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was for my glaucoma, goddammit. That's right. <laughs> All right. Now, enter indentured servitude with the Mithril and oh, neck farts. That was odd. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the neck farts happened so we didn't have to think about the indentured servitude. Yeah. Or just like, oh, the Mithril, how's he there? And then neck fart. And it's like, that's an interesting visual effect. Um, now, this is where, for me, strike three with Greek Karga comes into play. He's been on this planet for how long? 
and all of a sudden just happens to realize there's one last remaining uh foundry or base and and not only that there's a part two to this strike where this happened before in um chapter seven or eight where he's like oh i didn't know there were this many stormtroopers they get to the base oh i I didn't know it was still in operation it's like dude come on you're a magistrate now you're not working with the bounty hunters like you're taking care of a people, which I understand is the whole point of this mission to begin with, is to protect his town. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that still doesn't, like, I believe Grief Karga's ready to flip like a switch mm. as long as, it, you know, he doesn't end up dying. And I think that's what, it's ha- like I feel like this episode was a red herring for his character, for us to buy into him supposedly as this new reformed person, but I'm not buying it. I don't know. Again, am I reading too much into this? Or see, I don't know how I've turned into the grief carga apologist for this episode because I didn't think I had a <laughs> lot of strong opinions about him. But like, yeah, he's a little slippery. Like he's not necessarily to be trusted. I don't know that he would in his current position, sell everybody out unless it was a really, really dire circumstance. And then as far as not knowing that that foundry was actually populated by stormtroopers, no one else seemed to know that either. They don't exactly show up for the census when you come knocking. Right. They weren't exactly coming to the door and be like, yes, we have exactly 500 stormtroopers, one badass lesbian, and a whole bunch of pickled snokes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, who was it? I think it was even, what's her face that said it was like, this is where um, Moff Gideon's troopers came from. Mm-hmm. So you, if it were me at the end of chapter eight, I'd be like, all right, let's go find out where these stormtroopers came from. And that's when I would maybe take out the base, not like halfway through season two. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> um no don't get me wrong it could definitely be governed better it is a little bit like space idaho like things are not going in a quick fast (laughs) no (laughs) i mean not anymore i stopped getting paid (laughs) (laughs) i completely lost my train of thought oh anyways yeah it is a little backwoods navarro right they're in the outer rim things aren't going as fast as they should there's probably some good old boy bullshit right like everyone's just kind of hanging around with their Mm. feet up like Obviously, they could have the New Republic come in and really crack down and take care of that, but they're so far out of it that the New Republic can only send a couple pilots every once in a while when they're in the sector. Also, I uh, did some math for the first time in a while for this episode to try to figure out just um, what the ending indentured servitude years came to. So it started at 350 for the Mithril. <laughs> and, and then uh, it's... A hundred off if he can bring him to the front door, which that's interesting, like literally driving up to the front door. And then it's another 20 he knocks off at some point um, once they get in the elevator and up to the to the base. And so that's a total of 220 years left to serve for the Mithril. That's true. Although at the rate that he's given out those years, it might be a week and a half before he's run out. Right. Yeah. One can only hope. All right. <laughs> uh, 
getting into now this base, uh, a lot of A New Hope and um, somewhat later Attack of the Clones vibes-ish um, and the hallway scenes gave me very much a The Force Awakens vibe mm-hmm. in the way that they used the same hallway like <laughs> 10 times. <laughs> Basically. Which which was cool. Like, don't get me like I think that's cool, but also it's just like you the door to leave is right behind you five hallways ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's that imperial construction, man. Very true. It's like a maze. Shit's like a maze. Um all right. Uh they knock out the control thing to make lava come up and blow the base up. Um then we enter most important part of this episode for me personally, number one, the lab scene. Mm-hmm. You have two two scientists or whatever, like, shit, they're coming in. They're coming in. Shred the files. Shred the files. Burn the files. Um, yeah. And we're given two uh, visuals. One kind of more human-ish or humanoid and floating in some blue juice. And then another visual that seems to be more droid-like. We find out, or actually Din finds out, um, that Moff Gideon is still alive. And Dr. Pershing finally introduces a concept Mm -hmm. that George Lucas introduced to us 21 years ago that hasn't been brought up until now. (laughs) M-count, which is midichlorian count so blood drawn from the child we learn uh there's a volunteer or some previous volunteers who haven't taken to these experiments so well and they need more blood and they don't think they can find anyone with as high of an m count as baby yoda that's when uh the group splits up din uh, jetpacks back to his ship and then we have um you know more a new hope the force awakens escaping the base scene but then we get a rebel sequence um where they go out in the marauder but then cut back to some cool a new hope like millennium falcon kind of <laughs> scenes blowing yeah. down some ties then we have a han moment with din coming to save the day and the child, like, uh, just like having the time of his life. <laughs> like, I can we make this a ride? Like, I want right? to be exactly. Baby Yoda. Like, yeah, yeah. let's have that roller coaster. Right. Um, and we find out the Razor Crest is tracked. Enter the lovely and wonderful and great commanding presence of one Katie O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Does that officer have a name, by the way? I don't know. I don't remember. I will look it up for I, you because I don't. They don't mention it on camera, yeah. but I know sometimes, like IMDb yeah. or um, mm-hmm. the descriptional audio will yeah. clue in a couple. So bits IMDb of just has her as the comms officer. Okay, there we go. Huh. All right. Um, now this is where we, for me, get to important information of this episode number two, 
Moff Gideon. We see Moff Gideon. And we also see it, like an entire room full of dark troopers. What were all of y'all's thoughts when you saw these dark troopers? And, you know, you had just seen Dr. Pershing and those two human robot things floating. Uh, let's start with Mark. So when I was putting it all together, first of all, I was like super excited to hear M count because I thought it was such a cool rebranding of midi-chlorian, which people just like have been scoffing at since it first made its appearance or you heard of yeah. it in the, in the prequels. But I thought that this was a great way of reintroducing it. And I just took to it right away. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Right. Um, and then the other part of it too, is like you were mentioning um, with baby Yoda being the only one that may have that high of a count and, and the only source of, you know, what they need. And it could be that his species is very rare at this point. Maybe the planet has died out. Maybe there aren't many left of that particular species in the universe. Right. So it makes mm -hmm. him even more valuable. But that my first thought was like, well, they're making force sensitive super soldiers. This is what they're, they're trying to do. They, you know, um, I'm thinking of the empire. It's like, well, how would I utilize that blood? What would I do yeah. with it? You know, it's like, I'm going to use it to make super soldiers. So then, you know, if the Jedi ever make a comeback, then we have even better defenses, right? Yes. Um, so that's where my mind went with that. Because um, there's no, yeah. Uh, sorry to cut no, you no, off. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we're six years after Return of the Jedi. Presumably, there aren't any Inquisitors at this point, mm. right? I think oh, so. Yeah, as far as we know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If they were alive, they've gone into hiding at this okay. point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. So yes. And um, real quick, do we think that this is part of um, well, is this sort of, do we think this may be part of, um, Operation Cinder from Battlefront 2? Hmm. Uh, is this, my guess. could be, that was my guess, honestly, as I feel like at least what I'm going to assume are the pickled Snokes because they seem to have the same <laughs> similar like head crease right yeah. down the middle of their skulls. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that they're experimenting with that and it took them another fucking five six years for one to actually be viable uh makes me wonder if the use of the m count from the child's blood if that kind of blood transfusion was only specifically being used for that part of the experiment and the dark troopers are something separate because i don't know how much blood they would need if they were trying to make an army of them mm -hmm. and i still really buy into the idea that maria floated episodes back that moff gideon has something more personal that he wants to do yeah. specifically with the idea of trying to gain the force and using the dark saber. Uh, she was a big fan of this idea of a Mr. Freeze kind of storyline. Yes. Maybe he has yep. something very yep. personal that he would prefer to do. So all of these other experiments with their volunteers are going. And at the end of the day, he's the only one who actually wants to be able to wield that power. Cause he doesn't seem like he's that worried about the empire getting into the hands of someone else. It looks like he's building himself an army. He knows what he's up to. He's trying to fill the, the slot that's left by Palpatine. Yep. Yep. Maria, what were your thoughts running, you know, after seeing uh, the Dr. Pershing scene and then Moff getting with the Stark Troopers? I always knew that Dave would save midichlorians. He did a interview back in 2012 uh, on StarWars.com where he explained midichlorian concept uh, similar to that of Bruce Lee. 
right? Mm -hmm. Where everyone mm -hmm. could learn the same techniques that Bruce Lee was learning, but couldn't use it in the same way. So I always knew that if he got involved with this, at some point we would get to a juncture where he would save midichlorians and he would expand on that. Um, because George is no longer here with us. And that was one of the things that he said he wanted to expand upon a long time ago. So I, I didn't expect to see it this soon. I expected next uh, next season we would get it. I'm excited. Um, I know whatever he's going to do is going to be phenomenal. So I'm not at all worried. Um, I think prequels fans, we got a lot to look forward to here as far as midichlorians. Back then, they didn't want us. <laughs> all right they didn't want us back then all right they gonna want us though they gonna want us soon they gonna want to talk to us about midichlorians mm -hmm. and don't give them no fucking time i'm here to tell you <laughs> give them no time don't don't even don't even entertain they ass just walk away <laughs> go get something to drink put your feet up baby don't do it don't do it they didn't want us back then don't give them any time <laughs> that's my spiel on that um the dark troopers um, maybe clones, maybe some That's more clones. Thinking. You know, Thank I'm, you I'm, for I'm back it up. for, I'm back for more clones. You know me, mm -hmm. I, I want to see more clones, baby. I'm, I'm from the school of clones. So yeah, I think that would be dope. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how all this plays out. I do believe Moff Gideon has a more personal agenda uh for baby yoda than he lets on i hope and i think he's playing that one very close to the chest i don't think anybody else in that facility knows about whatever it is he's the real plan because there's the plan mm -hmm. and then there's the plan plan and then there's the real plan you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about when when we talk about oh yeah the oh, yeah. the dark side and the bad mm -hmm. guys you know there's the plan okay we're gonna we're gonna take over the galaxy and we're gonna we're gonna run it you know, okay, that's one plan. We but what's the real plan? Right, right, <laughs> right. We're going to build a Death Star. And right, right. Then we're going to build a Death Star 2. You know, <laughs> okay. But that's not really the plan. The plan is for Palpatine to rule alone and kill Vader. Like, that's the plan plan. Like, that's the real plan. He, you know, because we know when you sorry to interrupt. No, um, you're good. But, you know, sitting in that opera theater and telling Anakin that, uh, Plagueis's apprentice killed the master once he had gotten what he needed. Mm -hmm. It's only, you know, of course, Palpatine was grooming Anakin to become his apprentice. But at the yeah. same time, he knew, okay, at some point, this guy's going to try to kill me. And I need to prevent that from happening. Why do you think he kept him in that suit? Because that is not top of oh, line exactly. technology. That is absolutely yeah. intended to dampen his abilities. Oh, Even absolutely. in the comic books, there was somebody rigging the suit to sort of slow him down. And I think that dude uh, bit the dust, if yeah. I remember correctly. That was some uh, time ago. Yeah. So Maria mentioned clones. And this is what I'm thinking. And I we have mm. with Clone Wars returning mm. the, sh the show. Come on. Um, the Bad Batch arc had existed uh -huh. for years. Mm -hmm. But in the original way, if I'm correct, didn't include Echo, right? It did not. You're right. I'm going to get so, my tambourine out. Hold on. So, so, season, <laughs> so season seven, 
uh, comes out. Bad Batch yeah, is the does. first main arc of the new season. Uh, yeah. This time, we get Echo. And not only mm-hmm. that, but Echo joins the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all happening the same time that Filoni's working on The Mandalorian. Come on. Then we find out that Disney and Lucasfilm have uh, greenlit a Bad Batch TV series. And at the time it was announced, everyone was like, what the fuck? Now, seeing Dr. Pershing again, knowing he's a cloner, uh, knowing that um, there are quote-unquote volunteers for some kind of Mm -hmm. program, knowing that the Bad Batch series is going to take place after Order 66. Yeah, it will. Um, Echo, you know, again, I'm going to say Echo joining the Bad Batch and exploring this idea of droids and, and humans. Um, the the scene we see the humanoid and then a more droid-like humanoid thing, um, keeping in mind that dark troopers have three phases, one in which they look phase one like a droid, progressively becoming uh, less human and and more trooper like i think um one of the bad batch is a volunteer and um i think one of the bad batch is a at this point they're working on getting more dark troopers but i have a feeling that one of the bad batch is so far there's only one dark trooper and it's whoever it is from the Bad Batch. Um, And now they're trying to... um, I don't think they can... uh, I don't think that they Mm. can make him Force-sensitive. So in this new phase of Dark Trooper development, going forward, I think they're going to try to include Force-sensitivity. And that's where we're at now. And I think... Who do you think the volunteer is? God damn, that's a tough question. Um... Also remember that since this is still the Empire, I think volunteer is being used very well. That's very loosely. loosely. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I should say, yeah, for the listeners who can't see when I did quotes around volunteer, uh, yes, mm. there's volunteers being used loosely here. Um, part of me, I feel like you just tripped and fell on something I've been thinking mm-hmm. about. Part of me, it's between two people for me. Okay, Echo. And um, that big motherfucker. Wrecker. Wrecker. To me, those would be the more likely candidates. Hmm. And I only say Wrecker and not any of the other more intelligent ones. Because if I were wanting to create some kind of super soldier, I'd already want to start from a base of a bigger human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, everyone else's thoughts. Let's get go around uh, maria i feel like you're kind of i feel like we were kind of channeling yeah. some energy together what are we your were, thoughts we were um i kind of alluded to this when we got the announcement that something else is happening with the bad batch it's not what we think it is i think somebody in the bad batch will flip um when they mentioned they asked them who they report to they were very cagey about it in that episode in season seven. Um, honestly, I don't think the group knows who they report to. I think maybe Hunter does, mm-hmm. but most of them do not know. 
And I think Hunter will flip. I think he's the one okay. who will flip. Because he's like the leader of them. He's the leader. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and he will do it to protect the team so they don't have to do it. Okay. Um, Mark, your thoughts? So, uh, you know, it's funny because I think it wasn't until Friday night when we were talking about it on Pink Milk. This whole bad batch part of it, I had not even thought about bringing it in. Like, I, I was, my, my mind was more of like, you know, these super soldiers, possibly Snoke, what, you know, how's this going to connect to the future sort of thing. It never occurred to me that what was laid down in the Clone Wars just recently could be used and connected to all that's going on right now. And now, I mean, it just blows my mind. I almost don't even know where to begin. Like, you guys are pointing out, like, particular Bad Batch um, members that could turn, and I'm like, Oh, now I need to go revisit it. I want to go back yep. and like take a deeper dive. And and what did I miss? Is there something there? And and if in fact there is that element where one of them's going to turn and they may have to like bring him back in the fold or he's just going to be that lost character that, you know, gets lost for a season or two that finally makes it back in and probably dies when <laughs> you know, he finally makes it back cuz that's that's how those things turn out, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Um I think that the, they'll find out exactly what it is or who it is that they've been directed by and then turn and then maybe be on the run too, you know? Um, so yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of elements here that I didn't think about and it just makes for a bigger story because there is so much you can do with the bad batch. They were such a great group of characters. I fell in love with them right away and I I I hope it there there is a bigger picture here. I hope they do connect it all because it, it's Filoni's universe now. You know, it's yeah. the Filoni verse, so to speak. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and because of that, this this will be great to connect these all together. And you know, I I yeah, that's super exciting. I, I'm so glad you guys brought that up because it it didn't even occur to me to go that route. So, Ben, your thoughts on all this. See, this is one of those things that we're lucky we have Maria with us yes. the majority of the time because I've not given a lot of thought to the Bad Batch otherwise. Uh, if it wasn't for this show, I would have seen that announcement and really left it be because the Bad Batch as a story arc in season seven was very, very secondary to me because I was there for Ahsoka and I just needed <laughs> that to get out of the way, get me to Ahsoka. I need to go back and rewatch it, be completely honest with yep. you, because I think yep. there's a lot of stuff that we missed. Yep. Uh, so Mark and I are gonna have to do a review. Yes, so totally, totally. Else. Yeah, it's 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 that's exciting. I really love that idea. So, well, it's funny because we say on the show every week that Filoni has no filler content. There's nothing that's set down that isn't revisited. He's never had a Chekhov's gun. He hasn't fired twice. So for me <laughs> to see the Bad Batch and not really think anything of it other than like, yeah, yeah, they're doing a spinoff series. Like that's that's on me. Like that's. That's me being a, a poor reviewer because you know that that's going to tie into other things. Filoni loves to mix and match and make sure that all of those stories meld in a way that doesn't hurt the story because that's the big thing. I know uh, this was something that they talked about on the Pink Milk live stream the other night, but I wasn't on mic, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some fans who are very upset about the cloning being introduced or midichlorians or anything that may refer back to Snoke's cloning. And that, that just <laughs> irritates them because I don't like it because now they're trying to force us in. Oh, whatever. I understand. <laughs> I understand if you think like, oh man, they're going to force it's a sh- story elements it's a, I don't It's a like. show for children. It's a show for children. 
But at the end of the day, when it comes to storytelling, as long as whatever you pull up from your legends, from your prequel trilogy, from your sequels, from the original trilogy, from animated, whatever you bring into that, as long as it serves the story, I'm 100% there for. I trust Dave Filoni because he has yet to ever let me down so far. I know that's a lot of pressure to put on one person because it'll happen eventually. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to go sit in a room in the dark and think about it for a while. But as of this recording, Dave Filoni has never let me down. So I do not think that he's going to allow them to reintroduce midichlorians into the universe or cloning or start tying in what may be the Snoke project or if it's an offshoot of Operation Cinder or if it's an operation that's even more top secret than Operation Cinder was. I think it's going to pay off in a very rewarding way. For listeners, FYI, that was my fake George, Uncle George <laughs> uh, impression. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So, and this is like a weird theme that's been popping up like since technically the Phantom Menace. I... <coughs> oh, Jesus, don't die. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine, Palpatine doesn't want me to split split the secret. In mid episode, Ian was force choked. Also, know that I love you and I would mourn you, but I would absolutely promote the shit out of this episode with the fact that one of the co hosts died. Oh, I would want you to. Oh my God. I wouldn't expect anything less. Okay, I'm going to say that again. All right. There's this weird theme that's been popping up at least, you know, since in some ways the Phantom Menace. And that's this idea that both extremes of force wielders seem to um, value and take children for their own gain. And what's this mean for the show, The Mandalorian, going forward? And how is it going? And, and what I mean by that is, how will this connect? If it, you know, it, they're already taking steps to connect it to the quote unquote movie verse. So, how are they going to connect this to the sequel trilogy in, in any way? Hmm. I think that those connections are going to be pretty tenuous at best, would be my guess. I feel like we'll get some hints that might clarify some mysteries that were left over by Tross, because honestly, it just is what it is. There's a lot of story elements that need a little extra tender love and care, or you mm. all, like, we really got to go through and fix some <laughs> of that a lot stuff. of bald spots, baby. A lot of bald <laughs> spots, a lot of alopecia right there. <laughs> you don't need to sew something in. <laughs> when you're watching the behind-the-scenes documentary making of... uh. The Rise of Skywalker, and literally the two writers are like, Oh, we gotta have this knife in. And then, like, five seconds later, Yeah, how are we gonna get this to work? How are we gonna mm-hmm. get this to mesh with it? Like, come, oh my fucking god. This is what I was talking about before. Lore exists to serve the story, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Right. When you bend over backwards so that you can get your reference in, that's when you hurt yourself. Yeah. If it comes in naturally and it serves the story, do it. Do it twice. I'm there for that. Right. That knife was a long walk. Mm-hmm. That busted-ass Indiana Jones-looking-ass motherfucker. That, mm-hmm. Like, 
it just so happened that I walked up on the rock that it lines up perfectly too. Like, sis, come on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Palpatine needs this rusty ass knife. He can shoot electricity through his fucking arms, but uh-huh. he needs yeah. this rusty ass bottle opener for what? <laughs> right? Or the <laughs> key. Because I know how it's going to fall. And then you'll stand right there. You won't even have to take two side steps over to be standing in the right spot. Yeah. It wasn't an X on the ground. It's a rock. <laughs> I'm, I'm just bitter. It's all good. How about the fact that the remains of Death Star 2 just so happen to land nicely enough for this stay that way. fucking knife yeah. to yeah. not just stay that way and mm. not erode from the ocean that naturally erodes the land. Mm-hmm. But also, yes. Oh I my get god! It. Just to also it. like fits. Oh, okay. The knife. Oh yeah, it's a compass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right over there. Okay, cool. It was silly. Mm-hmm. It, it was like Star Wars Goonies going to look for One Eyed Chibi's treasure. It's just it's One Eyed Chibi's treasure. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it. It was yeah no, mm. I yeah it was it was too much. It was too much. Yeah, it did. Um, um sure was a choice. Anyways, we had something before we went off into that good old Tross hate. That we were I talking about right? every episode. We, uh, we were talking about. In. We were talking about how Jedi and Sith uh, seek and value children. For Take the babies. Be taking yes. kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me. I let me speak to this. I'm, and I'm hoping I can get my thoughts out correctly because you know we see the Jedi and the Sith doing this. We seen episode in Clone Wars where you know. Uh, Palpatine is taking these kids as well, too. They're seeking them out so they become uh, Grand Inquisitors, you know, uh, that whole bit. But then you also get, like, in the First Order, Finn was also part of that. They were taken mm-hmm. very young, and they were taken away, and, and they served a purpose for that There's Grand Army. a cute army. baby picture, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's true. I forgot all about that. Um, that little fro. Cute little big baby head. But then if you think about that, we're bringing it back around to the Mandalorian. Isn't that also kind of what's happening with the foundlings? I know that they mean to mm-hmm. incorporate them in and take care Ooh. of them and, and give them a good environment to grow up in. But then look at how Din is so... He be, he grows up in this orthodox environment that, that that's very like rigid, that he's it's still kind of, you know... I don't it's not allowing him to grow enough and to be part of the this society that that is happening in this new universe post empire and and now it's like so I get it these foundlings they're found yes they're they're given a new life and they're giving new opportunities and but they also get incorporated into this religion and I don't see how that's any different from the Jedi I don't see it has anything from the Sith I don't see how it's any different from the first order so it's like you're seeing this mm-hmm. like this thing, just this weird cycle happening over and over again, and everybody's doing the same. And it's like, somebody's got to break that cycle because otherwise they're going to keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again from every single angle. So <laughs> yeah, not good. And I don't think that it's any kind of coincidence that that's something that's being introduced into this series because my my view from the very beginning has been that the overall story arc of the Mandalorian, it, it might be an unpopular opinion because people want Din and the child to go live on a nice planet and get a picket fence. <laughs> but that storytelling wise, that's such a huge problem to try to deal with. It's like, where the fuck was this kid during the sequel trilogy? But it doesn't matter. I think that the, the overarching theme of the show will be about letting go. Yeah. I think Din is having to let go of his cult. He's going to have to let go of what the armor means to him. And by the time this story wraps up, he's going to have to let the child go. 
mm-hmm. in one way or another. And I yeah. don't think it's to the Jedi. He's not going to go tag along with Ahsoka. They're not going off on adventures. He's not going to ride a convoy. Like there's <laughs> something else that has to happen because Dave loves an emotional ending. But when has he ever given you like everything wraps up and it's the super happy ending? Like that's not how true. his stories end. Very true. Um, anything else about the episode that I maybe have missed or we didn't touch on? No, but it, I, I, I think we're going to see all these different elements all come together because i mean i don't think we're getting people introduced for no reason whatsoever again going back to the way like you said filoni and the quilt that he builds Mm -hmm. you know these these story elements all end up coming back one way or another i you know i was one of those people who absolutely hated the purgle episode didn't i have to you know get i didn't get the last laugh when they came back and they had a huge Mm -hmm. part in a whole bigger Mm -hmm. picture and i was like oh i feel stupid now (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that's that's more of what we're going to get. I mean, and I'm glad we're getting our our Bo-Katan, you know, Soka and and these elements on Navarro and Boba Fett. Boba Fett's got to fit all into this, too. He's just only Mm -hmm. been at the end of one Mm -hmm. episode and he's going to end up being part of the bigger picture. So Mm -hmm. it just it. I think at the end, it's like there's going to be a lot of this all brought together and we're going to see. You're right. You know, you're you're Boba Fett, this old school, quote unquote, Mandalorian, which you may not even be, you know, then we got your 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 Marshall, then you've got your Din, you know, and then you got your armor and then you got Bo-Katan. All this Mm -hmm. old and this new is going to clash and it's all going to come to a head. And at the Mm -hmm. end of this all, it's like you are going to see a whole new um universe in a way of looking at this universe i mean we're already looking we already see the way that we, we look at the new republic and how they're policing everybody i don't i don't know that i'm comfortable with the way that they're being portrayed but that it is what it is they are this new mm-hmm. force in the universe that are trying to kind of exact their order and it may be a fine line where we don't see how different they are from the empire at some point you know um so it, it, this is super interesting i'm seeing all of this in a whole new light and um it's it's exciting and it's a it's a little scary too <laughs> but hey that's that's what we're here for we're here just for the ride and to see how this all works out glad you mentioned the space cops because that was a <laughs> bit of the end we missed and by we i mean me when coming up with these notes um do we think the i guess we'll say human being will join with the space cops <laughs> Um, I don't know if that was the original intent. Obviously, we'll see as the season progresses. I think now that What's-Her-Face will sure as hell find something to do off screen really quickly. (laughs) I think somebody's contract's not getting renewed. (laughs) One can only hope. And honestly, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be because of the behavior of what's her face in the real Mm-mm. world. I think just, that behavior yeah. is because of something that's already happened. Yeah. I think they yeah. have already decided not to renew the contract or the character's already been shuffled off. Mm-hmm. Because if that's how she is, maybe that's how she was on set. Somebody somewhere said, you know what? You're not the most fun to work with. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, she got real brave all of a sudden. She was good all last season. We all fell in love with her because she was really charming and really sweet. Yeah. And gave really good interviews. And then all of a sudden, all of this stuff comes out hardcore like somebody's looking for another job. Mm-hmm. I have mm. my theory, but I'm not going to say it. Um, Thank you, George. 
<laughs> or or thank you, Dave, because you know it's yeah, the same huh? thing we'd get from Dave too. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> Metachlorians, children, the force. <laughs> it's all for children. No, uh, I'll say it, but if you could edit this out, Ben, I think. Yeah, what... yeah, I will absolutely edit it out. Go ahead. So, <laughs> what I think happened was. Uh... Um, <laughs> next week's episode is Dave directed and written by Dave Filoni. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we know Mando is on his way to visit one Ahsoka Tano. How do we think this episode is going to play out? Let's start with, let's start with Maria. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> the episode what? is going to start and Maria will be crying mm-hmm. for 24 hours. <laughs> just in tears. The end. That that's how it's going to go. <laughs> that's it. Period. Um, I I think that he will find her. They will have a conversation. Ahsoka is not the best promo artist for the Jedi, <laughs> so um, she probably will tell him to suck a dick, um, <laughs> which is fair. Exactly. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm paying I've Disney said Plus this. like 67 bucks, so I would <laughs> hope my money goes to that. Ah! <laughs> uh, so I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The end game for Baby Yoda will not be the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yep. He will yep. go back to the Yoda village. I have said that many, many times over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still believe it to yep. be true. Co-signed. We, yeah. You can't introduce Baby Yoda right without telling the story of where those beings come from right Mm -hmm. that's the reason why it wasn't touched before is because it's been shrouded in mystery because it was something that george didn't want to touch when disney sold dave said i want to tell this story so he wouldn't introduce a character without giving us you know some some background and history when has he ever introduced a character and not given us any sense of where that character comes from Mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen so um I don't think he'll go with Ahsoka. I think we will see Ahsoka, which will be dope. I want to know how they tell her story succinctly enough mm-hmm. that yes. Joe Blow can understand. Well, no, let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. Wait a minute. Because Joe Blow can never truly understand who Ahsoka Tano is. That motherfucker right there is ignorant. <laughs> okay? Let me start again. Let me start again. You, sir, are ignorant. Sit down. Because <laughs> you're going to learn today. So first off, that motherfucker right there can't even begin to understand or comprehend who Ahsoka Tano is. However... We're going to try to give him some baby food so that he can understand uh-huh. what this character represents. Yeah. That's what I want to know is how are they going to introduce her in a way that can translate to the layman uh-huh. who is both ignorant and apparently good at blowing. Right. No, he's not. He would have learned <laughs> something if he was. <laughs> and also like 
undeserving of this information. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to come out and say it. You don't deserve yes. to know oh, all yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't even get all this from like She's from not jump. for you. Like, you right. can look, but she's for us. Right. You, like she's you shouldn't been even hours get all while. of this up top. Mm-hmm. You should have to go through what we went through to get it. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to just sit on your couch on a Friday night and, and receive this information. You <laughs> should have to go through what I went through 10 plus years, crawling on my hands and knees, going through rebels like this, going through going through the Kryka episode with the, with the spiders in it. Like, oh God, we gonna get to the other side. We gonna get there, baby. We gonna get there. Oh like, all of it. All of it, the Clone Wars movie. You should have to go through all that to yeah. get to where we are. Yep. But we gonna bless you one time, <laughs> and you don't even have to go through all that. We gonna give you some baby food. I want to know what kind of baby food they gonna give, and uh-huh. how can they translate it? Because okay? Ahsoka, because... this is our cookout. Now you can have a plate, but you sit over there. Right. Like, we were you nice enough to let you come. Table. Don't <laughs> ask for seconds. We the adults. You can't have any grits, sit at the so sit over there. <laughs> We're going to sit you at the kids' table. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're going to get that last piece of cornbread on the edge. You're not going to get a good piece. That's okay. That's okay. You knew that going in. Don't tell me you didn't know. You knew. And it's super dry cornbread at that, too. Mm-hmm. And you're blessed to get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. But I just I want to know how they introduce her in a way that's meaningful that can get some of, there's no way they're going to be able to get across what this character means to so many people, but maybe they can get across the bare bones. I I don't know. My hope, my dream is to see Hayden in a flashback real quick. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't think we'll get it, but um, my hope one day is to see it on screen or, or just with this show or well, Several for, series? For, or? Well, so for the introduction of Ahsoka, I think it would be very helpful mm-hmm. to see her next to Anakin Skywalker yep. being that she was his Padawan. Yep. So I think that would help for context. And honestly, Joe Blow TV watcher does not know who Matt Lanter is, mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. know what he looks like. Because if that dumb bitch knew what Matt Lanner looked like, they would have spotted him in season one. Mm-hmm. And the bitch didn't. Okay? I'm just going to tell you. It flew past a lot of people. Okay? Except me. I was, I was checking for him. I was checking for him. What's that, man? And he um, had that matching boots, too. Yeah. I know. Mm. Bitch knew how to match. Yeah. He's fine. Matt mm. Lanner's a whole nother story. Yeah. He's a whole that we don't have time. A whole we other really don't podcast. We gotta we gotta wrap this shit up. It's almost midnight. Okay, so we just gonna move right beyond that. We gonna talk. We gonna go back to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. All right. So my dream is to see the live action Ahsoka, whoever that person will be, mm-hmm. um, and Hayden together. Um, do I think it will happen in this introduction? Probably not. I do not feel that way. By the time we are done with her story, whenever it's done, I need to see her and Hayden reuniting at the end when she crosses over. I need him to be waiting there for her Mm -hmm. and for them to have that hug. That's that's what I need. So whether that happens uh, in the 
the the new episodic show that's female standalone or whatever or a movie or whatever i don't care what medium it happens in that is my ask because when we went to celebration orlando i was heartbroken at how many ahsoka cosplayers met um hayden and he didn't know who the orange girl was (sighs) yeah it hurt it hurt for me and i didn't even wear an ahsoka anything Mostly because I was like huge. I was fat at that point in time. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, Still looking fine as always. Oh, well, it's the titties. The titties help. <laughs> titties help. They all. They never hurt. They never hurt. I don't care what nobody say. Don't nobody say no to titties. Look, I don't know who you are, but you're not saying no to this. Look, yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's that. But it really did hurt me that he had never seen or heard about the clone wars so i hope that by now he's aware of it mm-hmm. uh and he understands how much that show means to us yeah um i do know he met matt lanter that year mm-hmm. and they took a photo together i remember that. but um yeah. a lot of the cosplayers said he yeah. had no idea who who she was mm-hmm. which hurts a lot on the other side of that i got a chance to smell him yeah. Which was amazing. Have you smelled both of them or just Hayden Christensen? Hayden Christensen. I can't get near Matt Lanner. <laughs> His wife be cuffing that shit hard. <laughs> and he's all Jesus-y. I don't want to hear oh, about no. Bible verses, baby. Yeah, 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 I need yeah. you to mm-hmm. shut up and drop them draws. That's yeah. what I need you to do. Yeah. I, I don't, believe I don't you care said about strictly Jesus. dickly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I can uh, do for me. So what does Hayden smell like? Cool water. And ah, sweat. Delicious. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, I was I was like this close to licking it. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. The like the photo there. the photo security lady had to like pull me. I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> Been it was, there and it was, almost it was done bad. That. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> I forgot my husband was even in that picture. <laughs> I didn't even know he was there the way you described the story both here and on Sisyphus. <laughs> Right? Like it's room 308. It's room 308, baby. Just in, in case you bored after this shit. I don't know what you got going on after this, but I got something that'll take some time up in case you just waiting on a flight or something. Um, Mark. I'm supposed to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the question specifically is, Mark, how would you make Hayden Christensen miss his flight? Well. <laughs> and or uh, try to smell him. Right? Oh. oh. No, he's a, he's a good looking boy. And Matt Lanter, I totally get the Matt Lanter thing. Because, wow. But so, going back to Ahsoka, um, I'm, 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 I'm scared. I'm scared. It's like, how, are they, how is this going to happen? How are they going to bring her in? I'm honestly in denial. Until the moment I see her on screen, I'm not going to believe it. Yes, and me too. even then, I don't know how it's going to take me some time to process it. I'm going to have to watch this episode a couple of times just to let it all sink in. And 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 like you know, Maria was saying, it's like bringing her on screen. That's there's a lot there, and it's like, how are we going to kind of give her a little backstory to kind of give people the idea that there is a certain weight that comes with this character. You know, it's this is super important. Um, and then on top of that, it, it's like 
I, I, I don't want her to take over the whole show either, but I just want her to be there to be important. And, and then when it's time, she leaves the story, you know? Um, but yeah, it's going to be unreal. It's going to be emotional. And I'm, I, it's like I said, I'm, I'm dreading it and looking forward to it all at once because it's, I hope that I, I, I don't think that Dave's going to screw this up because this is his baby. This is, mm. this is, I think that's all been leading to this moment for him, you know, and we're finally going to see this embodiment of this character that he introduced to us that people didn't even care for at first. And then when we got to know the character, everything changed the way we looked at Anakin changed, you know, she helped us change the way we look at the Jedi order. I mean, it's just mm. all of this rolled up into one person, but I'll Back say then, this, they didn't want it. <laughs> but I'll say this. Because we've been getting this kind of fed to us little by little, this whole Gandalf the White kind of persona that Ahsoka is embodying. And I don't know how if it's going to come into play in, into this at all. But you have to look at it that way. If we get introduced to the way Gandalf was in the movies where he's fun and there's a certain element to him. And then you get the severity of that character also introduced by way of their actions and by what their knowledge. Let's look. Give me that. Give me that. Give me, give me just how important this character is. You don't have to force it. It's just got to be done. And I, yes. I think if we get all those elements, we're going to walk away just complete. Like, I think I, I'm hoping next Friday is just life changing. I want to be sitting there thinking about this for weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know that may be putting way too much on this next episode, but it's like, Dave, you know what? You know how much this means to us. I know how much Ahsoka means to you give it to me so that's what i gotta say on the matter <laughs> you did excellent following maria by the way <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> she inspired me <laughs> she does she does that, she does that. <laughs> uh ben okay i'm so glad i got to go last because i'm sitting over here dancing in my chair while maria is talking because this is something i've been thinking about for a couple weeks and then as she was speaking i figured what i want for it because we do have an interesting storytelling challenge with Ahsoka. Ahsoka has seven seasons of one series and then some guest episodes and two seasons of another that we as fans who've learned and loved and grown with her, we have all of this experience. But for people who are newer to Star Wars, and I, I think it is fair to say that if you like Star Wars, you're a Star Wars fan, like you're here. So like, you deserve to at least to get a taste of what you're missing. Hopefully you'll want to go back. That becomes a difficult storytelling process in like a 45 minute episode, because how much exposition do you lay out for the audience? If any, what I'm excited for and what I really, really want may not happen, but what my heart wants more than anything is to finally hear what Ahsoka's story is. If she is telling it, who does Ahsoka say that she is? If she's telling people where she came from, mm. wow. Because it's a very specific yeah. thing. We know her because we've seen this all. We've never heard her sit down and talk about what the Jedi means to her now. Mm. Like all she's ever said, she was no Jedi. But now that she's older and she's becoming an advocate and moving into her role in the Force, how is she going to introduce that to Din? And that's what I'm excited to see. Because I do think that that's something that Dave wants to talk about. All right. So I think... Um... I personally think how they're going to tackle this and how Ahsoka's going to tackle it is not like a quick conversation, but it's going to be, I think, 
fairly simple. I think with the Soka and with Joe Blow, who's ignorant and doesn't know shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I think is going to happen is it's going to be like, because you can't, well, first off, you can't do a char- any character any justice um, who is a main character of a show and then a recurring and guest role in another show. Um, It's just, and then to try to um, have that character describe all of that and and the importance they have in this world uh, in a show that's, you know, 40, 45 minutes long, impossible it's not gonna happen no matter no matter what uh the character is who they are and um what kind of you know whether it's star wars or lord of the rings or whatever else um i don't even think like the best writer or writers could could do that and so what i think is going to happen is uh you know this is a perfect example of keep it simple stupid and so I, I, I honestly, unfortunately, at the expense of Joe Blow, um, I uh, unfortunately think it's, it, it's going to be a, like I said, not a quick conversation, but it's it's going to be like a, you know, like a synopsis, if that makes any sense. It, it's going to be, you know, you know, maybe maybe a couple minutes at most. Okay. And but and they're gonna go about their business as you and why Mando's really there and and whatever else and oh I saw Bo-Katan and blah 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 and this that and the third. <laughs> so Ian, can I bring something up? Because I please do I, I, please a, do. Count, a counterpoint to that, and I'm gonna uh, talk about a, a, another series. It might be blasphemy. Um, talking about uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, there's an episode of that. Series we Star that Trek had, fans here. Yeah, at least I am. I don't know. There's that. an episode called The Inner Light. That has mm-hmm. it's one of the best episodes ever in that whole series, right? And yeah. in that series, in that episode, Picard kind of gets taken into this kind of like probe where he basically, and this is just an hour show, you know, not even an hour because you got commercials, right? And he lives a lifetime in this hour. And the way that time is collapsed, the way it's written, you're completely taken away from this lifetime of or or this the original mission of what they're on what you see his life is Picard's life is like on the ship with his crewmates and 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 everything in his ship and his place in Starfleet that all gets put aside you get to learn a whole new life for this character that by the time you get to the end of that episode it is so devastating but he has to go back to his normal life because he's lived a whole lifetime. Mm. It is very, 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 very possible if you get the right writer to pack a lot in into an, an hour. I don't see that happen too much, but when I do see TV series pull that off, I'm amazed. It's like it's some some writers out there just have the ability to collapse time and, and just give you all that content in a short amount of time. And, and again, I'm, I'm putting way too much on this episode as to what can happen, but it's just that those types of things and those types of instances remind me that there are some really talented writers out there that can make it happen. And we may get something like that, or we may, again, like you said, if they keep it super simple because they don't want to make it complicated for a lot of people, it is what it is, but I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be paper thin either, you know, because 
you want it to where you get an idea of how important this character is but you also don't want to alienate new fans so it's a really it's it's like you got to walk this fine line because it's like this is it's a big moment no matter what you think of like everything that's happened up until this point this is huge and I, as again, I'm I'm in total denial about that right now. I keep thinking it's like, oh, you know, it's it's Friday. We're gonna be fine, and you know, life goes on. But I I, I can imagine that Deloney is waiting on pins and needles to see what people think of this episode. This this is this is this is gonna be big, and you know, I I, I hope I hope it's just it's an amazing episode of The Mandalorian, and I hope it's an amazing tribute to the the work that he has put into making this character so well known and so loved because I think that he's earned it and we've earned it. And I want everybody else to appreciate what we love about Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. So let that begin there. Agree. I (laughs) come on with it. I appreciate it. (laughs) And I, I appreciate also having like, I am a fan of Ahsoka. But I appreciate being on a podcast with other huge fan, you know, maybe one of the biggest Ahsoka fans I, I know <laughs> in fandom. Hello, Maria. <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe. I think for me, part of this is, you know, a defense mechanism because I also try to not have any expectations mm-hmm. i try not you know i i think it would be great to see to have sort of what you just described with the next generation kind of go on like in uh this upcoming episode where um ahsoka is able to sort of like force project her life experience into din's mind and like kind of walks in a in a way like you know through her journey i think that would be great and ultimately that's like you know what i really want again it's fucking joe blow who's you know like fucking shit up for me (laughs) well he's not making the show it's true i'm gonna try not to get emotional but i'm almost mad that everyone's gonna get to see this Mm -hmm. because there's some people that ain't ready and didn't pay for it. Yes. They just came yes. in. They just saw somebody over there grilling yeah. and said, let's go get a plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't like put they in di- on it. Yeah. At all. Didn't even and donate just, at the end mm. of at the end of eating their food that they got. That's either. right. You mm-hmm. Didn't put chip in at all. on the table. Yeah. yeah. You didn't even do it. I'm kind of mad about that. But at the same time, too, like I'm happy. Uh, because I'm I'm getting phone calls now. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law says, you know, so-and-so down the street said they saw the Mandalorians and they said, Ahsoka Tano, did you know about that? <laughs> I said, so yes, cute. yes, I, I do know about that, Mama. Yeah. It's like, they're talking about that, the little girl on the TV that you named the baby after. <laughs> and she coming to the TV. Ain't that something? That's I said, so I, I know, Mama. That's, that's just, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so also, at the same time, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm mad, but I'm also happy that she's getting the exposure that she finally deserves. And, 
and a woman of color, you know. And, yes, and yes, that can't be stated enough. It's it's huge to be seen mm-hmm. out of the shadows, no longer hidden, uh, no longer relegated to animation. Mm-hmm. Um, is is big. You were gonna say something, Ben. I was gonna say basically just building on what you're just saying. I think it is perfectly natural, and we should allow ourselves the emotional capacity to feel a little bit of jealousy because we've had this character for so long and she's meant so much to us that there is a little bit of that. Like, Oh, come on. Like you guys, like this has been our special thing. Like all of us who talk about Ahsoka, we're all in the know. And we kind of say like, Oh, you like Ahsoka? Then I know things about you because I know the Mm -hmm. kind of person you are in some ways. Yeah. So that that's fair. And I think that we're, it's perfectly reasonable to feel that way. But at the same time, think of all our little siblings. Think of all these little boys, girls and non-binary kids who are going to get to see her for the first time this mm-hmm. way. And like, how in for big a damn that moment treat. might be. <laughs> they are in Very for true. Yep. My God. I'll cry once we, once we hang out. Oh, <laughs> God, help us say a prayer, light a candle, make yeah. a goat sacrifice, like split a chicken, whatever you got to do for that <laughs> yeah. group chat on Friday. Because yeah. our group chat is going to be an absolute sobbing mess no matter what happens. Yeah. Or behead a lava ferret. Whatever it takes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Real. There you go. It's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be tough either way. Uh, unrelated side note, um, my first sponsor reached out to me maybe a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took that as a sign that Ahsoka was, was happening. Yeah. And so I'm really excited. Awesome. I, I still don't have no time for her bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, the sponsor, not Ahsoka, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, the, the former sponsor. Because she, she did a Vader on me and left mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I, I did see that as a sign mm-hmm. that she was coming. I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. She's coming. Yeah. So I'm excited. One last thought before um, we ask Ben's weekly guest question. Um, <laughs> Maria, do you, does Ahsoka watch? Mandalorian with you or is like she present in the room? She's present for the rewatch. She is never oh. there for the first viewing. Yeah. yeah. Uh and she calls it Baby Yoda. Aww. So <laughs> she's like, uh, I want to see Baby Yoda. But she Aww. she knows who Ahsoka is when she sees her. Yeah. Um, so she was on my laptop earlier uh-huh. this evening and she saw Aww. the Clone Wars uh poster and she said, That's me. Ahsoka me (laughs) so I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you're both gonna watch this this episode together we will we will at some point the first episode watching will be me on the couch right uh, Right. crying in the fetal position (laughs) (laughs) I think there'll be many of us that way Uh oh yeah (laughs) I gotta be I think I I gotta be alone for that first viewing I think I really gotta be alone because I'm gonna it's just I'm gonna be a mess I'm gonna be a mess and then I'll be okay to watch it with other people you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me Ahsoka's story is so damn personal Mm-hmm. It's hard to share that with other people. Like you've it's literally hard. blood, sweat, and tears for you, really. Right, right. It's hard. It's it's so hard to to share that story with people. Yeah. Um, uh, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know I, how I'm gonna get yeah. through it. Well, let's just make sure we all have our Kleenex boxes with us. 
Yeah, it sucks that Ashley's not going to be a part of it, but it is what it is. It's done. Yeah. yeah. So and, um, I'll still hear, hear her voice. Yeah. Um, ben, mm-hmm. if you would like to ask our exit question. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, dude, don't ask me anything else about Ahsoka. I'm trying not to have a cry right here at the end, right before midnight. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, Mark, every episode that we've done on our Mandalorian recaps, we have asked our guest one question. Okay. And that question is, for the rest of the season, if you could have anything that your heart desires, there's absolutely no limits, no budget required to it. If you could pick one thing that you would love to see in the season two of The Mandalorian, what would you pick? Wow. Well. That's a really hard question. That is a really hard question because it leaves a lot open. But mm-hmm. um, I want to see. OK, I know what it is. I know exactly what it is because I've talked about this just really recently um, because we've had this whole thing with like Din um, not taking his helmet off and he's not shown baby Yoda get him. I want him to take that helmet off as an ultimate act of love where he lets a lot of that uh, that BS that's followed him his whole life. And I don't want to say BS because to him, it's important. So to it, he, he finally eases up on what he's been brought up on. And as an ultimate act of love, he takes off this helmet to show baby Yoda who he is because baby Yoda's already fallen in love with this, this father figure. And now he needs to connect with him on a different level, you know? And I want, that's what I want to see. I want to see him take off that helmet and, and finally look at him eye to eye and and I know we're going to just that's going to be a very emotional moment when we do get to see that. So, you know, all uh, the ships, everything aside, lightsabers, Jedi's, everything that I love about the Star Wars universe. That's cool. But you know what? I want I want that emotional connection. That's that's uh-huh. just like give me a good cry. And it's like we, we've gotten to love these characters so much now. And even though we've only known them for a short time, but we've already we've grown to love them. And so, you know, it's it. This is important. And I think it's part of the journey that we need to see. It's the part of the journey I would love to see him go on um, and, 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 and give us that review. Yeah, I love that. Also, something we didn't get to mention. I know we're wrapping up. I just want to throw it out here real quick because we didn't mention it in our recap. I think my favorite moment of this entire episode is the little moment of the child trying to look up to see Din's helmet because <laughs> beforehand he's a child. He doesn't understand that that's not his face. Cause he's seen droids. They have faces like that. Yeah. So once he sees Bo-Katan, that reaction that the child has, isn't like, I can't believe they removed their helmets. They're Mandalorians. He's going, wait a second. That comes off. Like there's faces. And so now he's, he's you actively trying to see what this person who is taking his caretaker, his father figure, like, what's the face under there? Because I know you have to have one because the lady had one. So him peering up to try to see underneath his mask while he was drinking his soup or whatever. Yeah. That that excited me. It's such a sweetly directed little moment. But also that storyline is coming faster than I thought it was. By the end of the season, he will be taking that helmet off for the child. Totally irrelevant. Um, are, we mentioned the Jar Jar moment. Uh, is that purple thing uh, an energy binder? Yeah, yeah, it's a plasma energy binder. Plasma okay. energy binder. Yeah, I was thinking coil binder. I was thinking of you know words I use at work, but I knew it was a binder <laughs> of some type. It you. literally just like as Ben was um, like finishing up speaking, I was like, it just came into my mind, and I heard Anakin say, "Jar energy binders," and I was like, "Boom, okay." Um, <laughs> 
anyone else have uh, anything to add or favorite moment or whatever? I just want to say thanks to Mark for coming and hanging out with us tonight. It's been so much fun. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for thank having you, me on. I'm I'm just so happy. I you know Ian and I have had a chance to share moments online. You know, doing other recordings, but I finally get to interact with Ben and it, you know meet Miss Marie. I mean, it's like it's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, we love you, and you're obviously going to come back. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank <Please>. you. <laughs> like, we've got plans to. for some of the guests that we've had. Like, you're definitely on that list. <laughs> oh, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, that brings today's voyage to an end. Thank you for choosing the Katana Cast. We hope you enjoyed your trip. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our feed to stay up to date on all our latest episodes. And please be sure to rate and review our podcast. It helps us, it helps you, and it helps others who love and enjoy Star Wars, but also with an episode that featured a transphobe. Now, more than ever, it's integral that um, fandoms start to listen to marginalized voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and not you- just once a year. Mm. Exactly. Don't will us out on Pride and don't will us out when it's Transgender Day of Remembrance. Amen. Look at the bookings that you are doing. That needs to change. That needs to look different. That's all I'm going to say. Sorry. Yes. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at the Katana Cast and email us, please. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts, what you got to say. We are katanacast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow our personals, you can follow me at igallagher321 and Mark. Oh, I am um, at I am El Diablito on Twitter and Instagram. Maria. I'm at Blurred Girl Jedi on Twitter and Instagram. Benjamin. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ben is the worst. This is also the part of the episode where we get to plug the This is the Way Fund that you can find on GoFundMe. The link will also be in the show description on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to right now, as well as on our Twitter if you need to head over there. Uh, all funds go directly to the Transgender Law Center. So every episode of our Mandalorian recap, we're going to plug them. If you have a spare dollar, if there's any way that you can make a donation towards that, it means a lot to us, especially with the conversations that are going on this season. So big ups to that. Exactly. Again, uh, thank you, Mark, for joining us. We loved your conversation. We loved having you. And thank you for choosing the Katana cast for your cruise. We appreciate your continuing support. And as always, may the force be with you. So, speaking of, um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Oh, uh, speaking of taking children, no, that's not going to work. Don't do that. Don't do that. No. <laughs> um, I, I got nothing. What are we I'm doing just, here? 
I'm trying to segue into <laughs> next week's episode. I'm trying to segue oh, into okay, okay, speculating okay. about next week's uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing yeah. a very shitty job about it. Okay. <laughs> Which maybe okay. also you should to uh, edit out. 